welcome to the Supergirl Supercast. I'm Trishy Matson, And I'm Brianna Teuber. And we're going to get a uh, report from National City and Space. Take it away, David. The dark Kryptonian daughters of Joru begin a ceremony. Wynn gives Deimos a personal shield generator. Through Argo's communication-proof dome, Supergirl makes a plan with Wynn. After surviving kryptonite bullets, hey, at least Alex is still armed. Helping Supergirl, Allura, and Monel transmat home, and killing Demos, the Dark Kryptonian trio steal the blood of purity and pestilence. Rain is reborn. Lena knows why Sam's getting weaker. She's linked with Rain, who's getting stronger. Only one will live. Colville is disposed of. In other news, Sam also apologizes for lying to Ruby. John and Mirren transfer happy and very sad memories. Monel tells Wynn, while Kara tells Allura, that it's complicated. I can't report how this will end or even what any of these mean, but Rain is flying to the Earth's core to cause a terraforming genesis event. Mirren is proposing shape-shifting into the Earth to save it. And Sam is getting electrocuted back to the Dark Valley to find the Fountains of Lilith to stop Rain. Wow. Okay, so for this episode, a fair amount of it felt like moving pieces around to get us toward the finale, which will be the next episode. But I do want to say a fond farewell to a tech whose name I only finally looked up today. <laughs> it was a DEO worker named Demos, D-E-M-O-S. Yeah, like, I think some people pronounced it Demos. Yeah, that was one reason I never really caught his name was that it seemed to, to be said differently several times. Subtitles is how I know. Anyway, Curtis Lum was the actor and, um, you know, he was a face that we saw from time to time. And then he actually got some really good lines in on Win in the episode when Marin was losing mental control and everyone at DEO was getting angry with each other. So it was nice to see that character development. But alas, and then he, uh, he got a, he got some good character development, and, like some bonding with Win. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I was just like, "Ooh, look, character development, character building," and he's dead. <laughs> yes, I'm always pleased to see a little character development in secondary or even tertiary characters. Um, and so I liked seeing that too. But it, alas, it uh, apparently may have just been in order to make his death a little more sad and meaningful yeah. to us. At least they waited until, the, like, the end of the episode to do it, and he was sacrificing himself. Right. It was a very heroic and meaningful death. He wasn't just someone who got caught in the line of fire. He uh, made a choice to risk his life to get the... Um, world killer blood so that so that the the new what shall we call these the the evil kryptonians um the priestess and friends <laughs> it in some of my notes i have them written as the dark kryptonians but i've also my my literally my first note is three witches how appropriate <laughs> so very classical i just i just had a really bad name for them pop up in my head and i can't unthink it now they're the goth powerpuff <laughs> girls <laughs> it's, it's it's stuck. Well, oh, they they actually did give themselves a name, Daughters of Teru. That or doesn't really Jeru? mean anything to me. The maybe maybe maybe. So anyway, they had a um, pretty epic sort of like landing scene 
mm-hmm. when, when they arrived. Yeah, they crashed through the skylight, which I really think that DEO should brick over or something and just have a normal roof. Even though it probably wouldn't have kept these people out, but... <laughs> Given with what the DEO deals with, why do they have a skylight? Why do they have so many windows? I can only assume that they took over a mall or something because uh, it was a cheap facility. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Most malls don't come with dungeons and cells below, do they? I don't think so. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if this if this was a building designed for the DEO, the architect did a terrible job. The architect's an idiot. Okay, we're off topic. (laughs) (laughs) We are. Okay, so Demos Demos gave his life to save the vials, threw them to Supergirl, and when the world killers uh, say, we want the blood, Supergirl says, okay, and tosses it to the priestess. And then she starts to fuse it with her eye beams, but then all the priestesses wink out, which I didn't realize that teleportation was a superpower that they had, but apparently so. It might be something to do with the uh, spiky temple thingy that they made when they stabbed the crystal into the ground, because apparently those crystals are, like, uh, make-your-own-spiky-temple. <laughs> yeah, I guess it could be. Anyway, um, so we've been jumping all around, but I did want to uh, give proper respect to our, our fallen D.E.O., tech guy. Um, and because he was wearing a belt buckle that Wynne had made, which is supposed to provide a personal shield of protection for the wearer, designed by Wynne in his efforts to, uh... De-lethalize? Right. De-lethalize the DEO. While also making sure that the people in the DEO don't get shish kebobbed. He did right. pretty well with his fancy super science shield belt buckle that I didn't understand a word of what he was saying when he told us what it was. Oh yes, he says it, he says that that shield has something to do with frequency conversion. And he said it was the cornerstone of the non-lethal tech that he's creating. And I hope that he actually did some testing in his lab beyond just having Demos punch punch him him and not be able to actually land a punch. But anyway, the personal shield was not strong enough to stand up against uh, three eye beams from the Dark Priestesses. So Wen is apparently thinking about quitting now. That that shield did handle pretty well. If maybe someone had done something to stop them from constantly hate-visioning him, he might have survived, but... Everyone just was kind of shocked at the situation and did nothing. Yeah, there seemed to be a lot of standing around. To be fair, uh, Monel, Supergirl, and Alora had just gotten there from Argo, so maybe they were a little disoriented yet. Yeah, and but part of how they got to Argo, like when we when they finally found found a way to get there from there, it's like, oh, your father was. Building like a little transportation gate. I'm like, and you're just bringing this up now? <laughs> Why didn't you bring it up last time she was here? <laughs> oh, I guess I should backtrack a little bit. They went to Selena's house, and Selena had a hologram that, uh, you know, said, we're going to win and you're going to lose, basically. And you squashed then, uh, my religion, and I'm sitting here thinking, you're 
a primary council member. Couldn't you maybe said something like, hey, can we matter too? Can my religion exist too? But no, she just said nothing. And I'm like... Apparently, secret plotting is their preferred mode. And actually trying to get representation that's already on the council to say anything about it would just not be the way that they do things. So anyway... It's surprising that they're effective given how dumb that is. Yes. Anyway, um, this uh, villain monologue is apparently just cover for an explosion that is getting ready to go off, and it does go off, and it hurts Thara, so she gets removed from the plot line, and it also blows up the gravity manipulator thing that Monel was going to use to send a message with, so they can't get warning to the DEO that Selena and company have uh, headed for Earth. And so only then does Allura remember, hey, your dad, he has this lab that I didn't bother taking you to when you visited last time, and uh, he's been working on a portal thingy. And so, somehow, in a manner that I don't understand, but that doesn't really matter, they managed to use a crystal to resonate with a crystal at the DEO, and when freaks out because he thinks it's some kind of AI malfunction at first, but eventually the Allura-gram hologram convinces him that it's actually Supergirl talking. Convinces then Alex more, I think, and... Yeah, quite, quite true. <laughs> the, the whole time I was just waiting for her to start blurting out random facts that only she would know. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, they eventually get that straightened out, and uh, Wynn starts working on the thing from his end, and um, they get it almost ready to go, and then the world killers come and disrupt things, and then the Allura Graham lures one of the world killers into the lab and stands in just the right place to get the world killer, oh, sorry, the priestess, to punch the control and this punch through the hologram to the control panel magically is the right button or whatever to turn on the portal i think it was just like a big button that needed to be hit it i i thought it was funny yeah <laughs> i'm like it, yeah i was kind of stretching it but i i I thought it was funny, so I'm letting it slide. Yeah, well, we've had to allow a lot of credibility issues to pass on this show, and so yeah. I, I shouldn't strain at this one. <laughs> and can I just say that these dark priestesses, they've adapted to their powers and gained control of them really well. Yes, really, really fast. So, anyway... The priestesses get the blood, and that was the last... Well, they don't exactly get the blood, but apparently enough of it was fused to Selena's hand that when they get back to the Fortress of Evil or Night or whatever it is, uh, and Selena slices her hand open, uh, there must have been some blood embedded in her skin because uh, that is enough to reactivate rain. And so... Yeah, because uh, they were doing, like, the easy bake oven, but make your own rain. And in <laughs> and, and, and my head, I was just thinking, like, double bubble toil and trouble. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, right. like, three witches wandering around this thing. I don't know why that 
Kryptonian spell works in English, but I that like I just immediately my mind went to that one part of Macbeth. <laughs> right. So anyway, after Rain reactivates, she p- picks up a weird-looking sword that is like bent back 130 degrees or so from the blade. It, you know, it's almost. A U-shaped blade, but uh, no, it points back at, at some reason. And then she starts flying into the fire that she was sort of created from. And this turns out to be, she's doing the terraforming. You know, we had kind of made fun before about, you know, rain doesn't really have that much power for someone who's called a world killer. But... Doing this, uh, this flight into fire, is uh, going to be terraforming the Earth, and they're getting level 8 earthquakes and tsunamis and stuff. Oh, but before she does that, before she starts flying into the fire, uh, they decide that, uh, the priestesses decide that they've had enough of Koval. Uh, He's human, and he doesn't need to be watching our sacred rituals. Um, and he says, but but I killed people for you and did all kinds of stuff for you. I, I thought I was going to be like your ambassador or something. And they say, you're weak. We don't need you. And they kill him just like that. I'm now starting to think I somehow missed the end of this episode. And I'm questioning how I managed to do that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, they, they straight up, you know, heat beamed him and killed him. And that he, he wasn't long for this world, although at one point, like when they started doing the make your own world killer thing, when they had mm-hmm. Kovil hold it, but like holding a stone, I was like, wait, because they said like, oh, like hold it completely still until the transformation is complete. I was like, wait, are you using Kovil to become your next train? Are you making him your next train? And then I was like, okay, no, that's not what they're doing. Oh, yeah, I was worried about that for a minute. It would have been very, very strange. It but have- I don't love that. I mean, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of irritating that this guy that they've built up for so long as such a presence and arc in this entire season, um, that in the end, you know, he just does a little setup for the priestesses and then he's just killed off with no... I mean, it's kind of funny in a way because he obviously thought that he mattered a lot, and to just have the world, ki- the uh, priestesses say, "Eh, all right, we're done with you, human," and kill him, is rather funny. Um, you know, thus die all traitors and all that. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it it also felt a little anticlimactic. Yes, anticlimactic. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted him to have like some kind of redemption arc. I wanted at some point like. He comes to the realization that maybe he's wrong, and then he takes everything he knows and goes to help Kara. But no, he like because he was really like he was really interesting and a little kooky, but he knew a lot, and they could have done yeah. so much with his character. But yeah, they just kind of turned him into like this weirdo and. Yeah, they turned him into a flunky, and I felt like he should have been more than that. Like, he didn't even have to survive the season, but they still could have done a lot more with him. Right. Given his character purpose other than being, like, a deus ex machina. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
that that was just that was certainly an unexpected moment for me. Not that not that the world killers. Oh, sorry, I keep saying that. Not that the priestesses would uh, consider him a disposable human, but that the show disposed of him in such a quick manner. Yeah. Oh well. Also, another thing. Okay, so this is back to, like with the Sam and what's going on with her. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's turning into a Kryptonian, but she's dying. I'm yeah. I, I wrote down the techno babble. Hang on, and let me see. So Sam was able to see through the shield, which meant that she was not Kryptonian. She was she. They had put her under sun lamps for yellow sun to make uh, her stronger, but they tested and saw that Sam could still see through the shield, which a Kryptonian should not have been able to do, and which, in fact, they just demonstrated that they couldn't when uh, one of the priestesses came and tried to I-beam the shield and it bounced back at her. But, um... At first, um, they were... But the reason they did that is because, like, oh, her blood cells are acting like they're Kryptonian, but then she's not actually Kryptonian, and... What is going on? I'm Okay, so... Uh, Lena said that her cells were mutating and that they were transmuting back into their natural Kryptonian state and that her own human blood cells were going dormant. And then Lena said that uh, Rain's cells were getting stronger while Sam's were weakening and that they shared a symbiotic non-local entanglement. What? Which... Uh, symbiotic would be living together and, you know, possibly benefiting each other, which I've seen no benefit. The non-local entanglement makes me think of quantum entanglement. I where, know, me too. But which... it doesn't make sense for blood cells. <laughs> and, like, does, does that mean that if it's similar to quantum entanglement, does that mean that now that Rame's brain's been brought back that sam's gonna be fine is sam actually human or does she just look human because whether she's real killer or not she's still technically from krypton so i don't get how any part of her is human unless they're somehow able to change the fact that she was whether they unless they i'm just confused yes I can't help unconfuse you, but because I don't understand it myself either. I guess the quantum entanglement could also have to do with them going back and forth from the Dark Valley. Either Sam is here and Rain is in the Dark Valley or vice versa. Except that since they, since the Harun L was used to disentangle them and as they thought destroy Rain, maybe it doesn't work like that anymore? I I don't also, know. from what I can tell, is like Sam and the two other world killers, like they were made into world killers, so they I don't think they were born that way. I think what we saw at like it was either at the beginning of this season or at the end of last season when we saw them like doing something to a child still on Krypton before um, sending her off. It's like they turned her into it so she was not born rain so that would make her like naturally a kryptonian but they're saying there's an actual human part of her which doesn't make any sense unless she's like some kind of shapeshifter in a way 
Or did they, like, steal her from Earth? Or... I'm confused. I am, too. I'm sorry, listeners. We're not going to be able to solve this problem for you. I still love Sam, but she confuses me. Yes. <laughs> and one of the reasons to love Sam is that, A, she can make a mistake. She can admit that she has made a mistake, as when she uh, says to Ruby that she was wrong to lie to her and that she won't do it again. Of course, she's broken that promise before, but we'll hope that she really means it that this time. She's had a near-death experience and lost her body for a period of time. She's <laughs> right. got some perspective, so I think she's going to keep that promise. Right. And plus B, I don't think she'll have a lot longer in this life or this show to uh, keep lying or to lie again to Ruby. Because uh, she makes the heroic decision that she is going to go to the Dark Valley again and something something fountains and something something that will destroy or weaken Rain or strengthen her. Yeah, I need to watch this again. <laughs> uh, right. Alora tells them, I don't know why Alora knows anything about the Dark Valley, but but she tells them about some story of her people where there are two fountains and one strengthens Kryptonians and the other presumably weakens them. And so Sam decided that she had to go back to the Dark Valley again, despite the fact that she is weak and that they can't do it through Brainy this time, but that the Lena has to use Electroshock to send her How back to the Dark Valley. Because I thought that the reason she could go there in the first place was because Rain was a part of her. Yes, I so thought so too, but I guess having the blood cell, the Kryptonian blood cells that are fighting the human blood cells still gives her access. Now I'm wondering if all the, with all the blood cell problems, did a blood transfusion help her? Hmm. Um, maybe. A blood transfusion from Ruby, who is at least half human. <laughs> yeah, I love Ruby. Yes, I do too. Ruby, Ruby is good in this episode. So, anyway, Sam makes a good decision, even if we don't understand what exactly is going on with the fountains. She's going uh, there to try and save Earth. And the uh, other people who are changing their plans to save, try and save Earth are Marin and Jean. They had been going through the Reach ceremony to transfer Marin and Jean's, uh, to transfer Marin's journey and memories to Jean. And they had, you know, traded some memories and uh, talked about them a little bit through the show and presumably done a lot more that wasn't shown on screen for the show. But they were not through with their ceremony. But then the, the sort of blue glow between them winked out and they realized that there were earthquakes and the world was no longer stable. So Marin said, we have to... We have to help stop this. And John said, but what about your memories? And Marin said, this is more important. So it's sad. Um, you know, Marin had been trying to take John through his his memories. And he was saying that uh, when this is all done, you'll be able to benefit from my memories and find a better path for people than fighting all the time. And uh, so Marin was taking comfort in his getting close to death, in thinking that his memories would live on in John, and now that's only going to be partly true, because they didn't get to finish. That's unfortunate. Yep. 
Yeah, so some of that, like, when they were first talking about it, where it sounded like Jean was going to get memories dating all the way back to, like, the beginning, the first Martians. Yes, I, that sounded that way to me, too. How how can you, how can one being mentally handle that and not, like, develop severe multiple personality disorder? You would think there would have to be... A filtering system or something. Um, but, I mean, maybe Martians are just built to handle that kind of thing. I, I feel like something that big might have some kind of impact on Jean's character. And I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that bothered me about the ceremony was that um, throughout it, Jean and Marin were keeping their human shapes and speaking English. And I would think for something like that, that they would have reverted to their origins. If nothing else, I would think that keeping, keeping the shapes and talking English would be distracting for their ceremony. Are we to assume that the show just translated it all for us? Either that or they wanted to spe save the special effects budget for other things. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I suppose so, for show reasons. Um, I, I mean, for, for doyalist reasons. I, it just kept bothering me every time they showed a scene of them going through their memories of fighting the war between the green and white Martians, and they'd be talking in English, and it just kept pulling me out of the moment. I just want to know where they got the cloaks. <laughs> where did they get those, like, Martian cloaks? Where did they find them? And I'm guessing no one in the surrounding area notices anything or... Uh, I don't know. But it's like, where did they get those? And do they have to have them for this? Um, I wouldn't have thought so. You know, if they're going to wear special robes for the ceremony... That's yet another reason why I would have thought they'd have to be in their Martian shapes. Because, I mean, those robes were clearly designed for human proportions, not the, you know, bigger green Martian proportions that, you know, they show when they when they are shape-shifted. Yeah. So the robes aren't for the Martians, so, I mean, to... Did Jean pick him up at a Ren fair or something? <laughs> I just don't know. And when was the last time we saw Jean in his Martian form? Mm, it's been a while. Yeah, do you, you would think that maybe like at home with his dad, they would go back to their Martian forms just because it's comfortable. Or maybe they choose to stay in their human forms because Jean doesn't want to have to worry about his dad accidentally going out as a Martian. Like the... Because similar reactions to the time Brady went out to the store to get something. <sighs> right. Yeah. I don't know. So I think those were most of the points that I wanted to discuss. Are, are there any arcs that are missing that you think we need to talk about? Yeah, well, there was that one second of... Alex looking up adoption stuff. It's the exact same website she was looking mm -hmm. at before at work. Right, right. Using uh, DEO resources. <laughs> and then she um, lies to Jean about it. I'm like, once again, the show forgets he can read minds. Yes, yes. Also, there's a conversation between um, Wynne and Monel where they were talking, like, somebody came up about Kara, and I'm like, Wynne, did you forget he's married? 
Stop supporting yeah. this. <laughs> this is not okay. Well, as 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 David mentioned last time, we don't know what the Kryptonian uh, viewpoint on polygamy or whatever or polyandry would be. It still bothers me. <laughs> and I think it would be polygamy, polyandry is having multiple husbands. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're don't right. ask me how I know that. I'm not hundred <laughs> percent sure. So, obviously, we're going to have another big battle and some sad moments. I suspect that next episode will be the last that we see of Marin. And possibly Sam. We don't know. Possibly Sam. Right. We don't know. But, you know, it's certainly... They have certainly got some um, structure in place to deal with that if, if Sam dies in in the next episode uh sam and rain um maybe we'll finally see kara telling her cousin about (laughs) the fact that arago's still there yes yes maybe we'll see her sending a text or something at the end of next episode i can forgive her for not telling him this episode she was a little preoccupied Mm -hmm. but also where has he been right where has he been this whole time um, also, it'll be interesting to see whether, presumably, once they stop the uh, world killer plotline next episode, do you think Allura will stay on Earth for a little while, or will she go back to Argo? And will that be the end of Argo, and we won't see it at all next season, or are we going to be doing a lot of back and forth thing next year? I kind of hope that there is at least some back and forth thing, because it'd be interesting to see what's become of Kryptonian culture, and maybe they'll find a way to, maybe they'll be, like, working on a way to get them uh, to a better place to live that's not a floating hunk of rock with a bubble attached right. to it. Well, I guess they could all, two by two, you know, take the portal out to Earth. Yeah. And then try to build a spaceship for them there. Yeah, I think that... One side of the portal was fried, because at one point I heard Wentz say something about, like, a one-way trip. Oh, huh, maybe so. Well, I'm sure they can find a spaceship for Allura if necessary. Yeah, assuming they can ever find what the Dark Priestesses did with John's. Uh, right. (laughs) They left it invisible in a field somewhere. it, if they did that, I wanted to see some, like, kid playing around. They just run smack into it. Yeah. I did want to mention one thing that I saw on the web yesterday. Um, That apparently next season, Wynn is going to be bumped down from a regular to a recurring character. And Brainy is going to be a regular next year. I am sad to see Wingo. He's his arc has been so interesting to me and you know, I was really hoping when the episode with his mom happened and after that when he thought he was dying in in the plague episode and he was talking about how much he wanted to do, you know, now now he thought he could maybe be an Elon Musk or something. He I don't think he said those words, but you know, he could do great things for this world. And uh so I guess, you know, if he's upset with getting Demos killed, uh, which I don't think is fair for him to feel guilty about. But anyway, you know, maybe he's quitting DEO and wandering the world and trying to find himself and he'll pop back up on the show. 
or once in a while. Maybe he'll go out, start his own business, and create amazing technology to help normal people. Right. Imagine what he could do. Yes, that would be interesting. Or I guess he could go to Argo and try to help them with their tech crisis now that Selena yeah. will. So there are interesting things, but I will be disappointed to see less of him because he's been, you know, a, I have a warm place in my heart for his character. I, I'm actually, I'm kind of curious as to how they're going to be bring Brainy back. Yes. He's <laughs> from the future so does that mean um uh emra is, is like she going to be coming back too or are they are they all gonna stay in the future and she sends brainy back i would really prefer that they bring emra back and either have her be cool with the three-way relationship or have them end the relation the the wed the marriage between Imra and Monel. I don't like the idea of it just being an unresolved dangling thread for, you know, a big part of next but season. Even if they end it and then she stays around to help, that'd be really awkward. Also they have knowledge of future events and can unintentionally change the future. Mm-hmm. Which could be bad. I mean but I mean, they've all. If they manage to defeat the world killer, uh, they will have changed the future in a huge, major way already. Because the world Earth won't be, you know, blighted of most of its population. True. This is yeah. I forget. This show doesn't care anything about time travel. It's the it's like <laughs> the other two shows, Flash and Legends, where don't mess with time. This one doesn't seem to be bothered a whole lot by that concept. No. It does not. <laughs> I do look forward to seeing more of Brainy. He's funny. He's funny, but I hope that he's more than just, uh, you know, the butt of a bunch of yeah. fish out of water, Earth tech versus future tech jokes. I would, I would like to see him be an actual character instead of just a, a humor punching bag. He, yeah, he he needs like character development, not just the one dimensional. I'm smart, but I'm socially clueless. Right. Well, I guess we shall see. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to do but wait and find out. I'm willing to bet money that at the end of the last episode, there's going to be like a two-minute thing hinting at the next big bad. That would certainly be not unprecedented. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, I'm wondering what planet's it going to come from this time. Yeah, well, you know, we've had our frustrations with the rain plotline and some of the logic of it this year, but there, there's also been a whole lot of interesting stuff this year, so... And it, the rain thing got more interesting and made a lot... It started to make more sense, although the whole her being there to help terraform doesn't really fit with the whole justice kill everyone because they feel like the process of terraforming would kill everyone yeah <laughs> i guess one thing this show is trying to do is or not trying to do but doing to us involuntarily is is develop developing a sense of what to nitpick over and what to just shake our heads and let go <laughs> yeah but i'm still upset about the Eclipse super science because the uh. three priestesses came to Earth and they said, Oh, we'll have to wait for our yellow sun powers to, to develop. And then they instantly got you know, eye beams and stuff. And this was at night. They had not been exposed to the yellow sun at all yet. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, if you stretch it, technically the light of the moon is ref- is the sun reflecting off of it, but no. I- but that's not consistent with how they've been treating absence of sunlight before. So, you know, if they're going to do weird super science, I wish they'd pick something and stay with it instead of using something and then turning it upside down. It doesn't have to make sense. It just needs to be consistent. Yes, please. <laughs> That's all we're asking. Right. Yes. That that would be lovely, show. <laughs> but at least uh, Supergirl is con- consistently entertaining. And I, <laughs> I guess we'll just have to wait and see what they yeah. do next time. So, I would like to thank our listeners. If you would like to continue the conversation with us, please follow us on Twitter at SG Supercast, or join the Facebook group for The Incomparable Show, or join the member Slack channel. And I would, as always, like to thank our wonderful audio editor, Seth Heasley. And I'd like to thank you, Brianna, for, uh, again, you know, coming back for another conversation. And uh, in, I always enjoy talking over the show with you. Happy to be here. All right. <laughs> <laughs>